Hi, friends, and welcome back to the Period Chats podcast. On this podcast, we examine how the period stigma, along with various other stigmas, have impacted women administrators' health throughout the years. My name is Kate, and I'll be your host, along with many other amazing guests. I'm a registered dietitian with a master's degree in human clinical nutrition. I'm also the founder of Funkit Wellness, a menstrual health company. So if you're ready to learn more about yourself, your cycle, and the world, tune in and let us know what you think. This podcast is brought to you by Funkit Wellness. Check out their seed cycling kits on www.funkitwellness.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Period Chats podcast. Ignore the echo. We are in our new office and it is a little empty right now, but we are so excited to have Lauren here from the Boob Broads podcast. And she's going to be telling us all about how she reversed her bladder prolapse through pelvic floor therapy. If you follow along on our Instagram, you know, I'm super passionate about pelvic floor therapy, pelvic yoga, all of these amazing things we can do to support ourselves. But without further ado, Lauren, tell us about yourself. We're so happy you're here. Thank you for having me, Kate. Like Kate mentioned, my name's Lauren Staley and I'm from the South suburbs of Chicago. And I live with my husband, my hundred pound fur baby <laughs> and my two boys, Leon and Sai. Leon is three and a half and Sai is 15 months old. And I mostly am at home with my boys right now, but I still do a little bit of my work prior to becoming pregnant, which is I'm a group fitness instructor and I'm certified through the American Council of Exercise. I also have a health coach certification through them. And so very passionate about movement. I also have my 200 hours for yoga. And I teach every, like I really taught everything before um, having babies, but now I focus on aerobic dance, warm water therapy and yoga. What is warm water therapy? So you literally, it's for people um, with just have that have joint issues. So it could be hip replacement, knee replacement, arthritis, or people that just literally don't like hopping on land. You can hop in the water, you know, and take, <laughs> take that pressure off your joints. And it's in a warm water therapy pool. So it's a water is much warmer than like a traditional pool. So it just helps release the pain and the tension in the body much quicker than hopping in a regular pool. So yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I don't know about down in Texas, but I know up in Chicago, there's only like a handful of them. They're hard to come by. So it's cool that the city I live in has one. It's great great for the area, but yeah, so do that. And then, yeah, I have a podcast, the boob rods and it's, uh, I co-host it with two other moms and we talk about everything everything motherhood. And we like to shine light like this podcast on issues that a lot of people don't want to talk about. So we talk a lot about pelvic floor health. We talk all about your vagina. We get in there, (laughs) um, like postpartum sex, breastfeeding and, and sleep and and validating everyone's motherhood journey and all the the hardships of it and the the beauty of it too. I think that's so important. That's why I was so drawn to your podcast was because you guys really talk about things like we love to talk about things people don't want to talk about either. Mm -hmm. I know that's why I love your podcast too. Yeah. (laughs) Like let's talk about, um, bladder prolapse because this is something you wouldn't believe the amount of times I've talked to people about this friends who have gone through it, um, after having babies, some different things. So can you explain to us what bladder prolapse actually is? Yes. So bladder prolapse just means that the bladder is not in its its original home and it's sinking down into the vagina. So, and there's different kinds, there's different levels of prolapse. So different grades, they call them. So grade one is it's just slightly dropping into the vagina. Grade two means that 
it's significantly pressing in and grade three is the worst. That's when it's like literally bulging out of the vagina. So you could like see it from externally, you could see it coming out. And so what are some common reasons that this occurs? So again, I just want to reiterate, I'm not a pelvic floor expert. (laughs) So this is take everything that I'm saying just as from a personal experience of just a human who's experienced this before. Um, But there's lots of causes. So it could be genetics. Um, So there is a little bit of a genetic element to it. It could be from from my experience um, with being a group fitness instructor. It was a combination of, of a lot of things. But one of the things was my muscles of my pelvic floor were too tight. I because I was moving around so much and jumping around so much and I was activating my pelvic floor all the time, the muscles were getting too tight. And when you're always contracting those muscles, they get tired so quickly. (laughs) So they were getting tired. And then when I was pregnant, I continued to exercise the way I did before I got pregnant, which put even more strain on my pelvic floor ligaments. And then the muscles kept getting even more tired because they were now holding up the weight of the uterus and the placenta and the baby. And I was still hopping around because my, my um, OB actually told me, she's like, you can do whatever you did before you got pregnant, which I learned it's not true. (laughs) So, um, unless you have like a ton of ton of like, you're like an Olympic athlete, right? That's a totally different, different story. Cause you have a totally different support group with you to make sure you're doing things properly. But, um, for the average person, you really should be slowing it down once you get after that 20 week mark, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, some other things that can cause, um, prolapses are having an epidural when you're delivering your, um, when you're delivering a baby, um, holding your breath while you're pushing your baby out. So Valsalva. So you take a big inhale and you hold that air in your belly and then you push the baby out. So it's very, it's a very effective technique to push a baby out because it creates a lot of pressure in the abdomen. Um, but if you are a strong person and you add that air, you can actually literally blow out your joints when you're pushing. So that was part of my issue too. And it's a really common technique. Like when I was delivering my first son, the nurses, that's how they told me to push. They're like, okay, you're going to take a big inhale and hold it in your belly and push. So that's an issue, um, with traditional labor and delivery floors that are in the U S so it's such a common technique that it can actually can damage your pelvic floor and then laboring on your back too. Um, I, when you get an epidural, then you're automatically usually on your back. You could lay on your side if you're with a really progressive labor and delivery floor, but most of the times they're going to have you on your back because it's super convenient for your OB. And when you lay on your back, you're pelvis literally is restricted on how far it can open. So your bones aren't able to like open wide enough. So you're literally then putting all that extra pressure on your organs and your ligaments and everything that's in the way of that baby coming out. (laughs) So another thing that can be part of it as well is emotional health. So I always like to throw that in there as well. So from Um, I believe as a yoga instructor that our tissues carry our issues (laughs) and we can store a lot of emotional baggage. I always call the hips are like the emotional, like junk drawer of the body. Like if there's something we don't want to process, like we throw it (laughs) in our hips. Um, so sometimes from an emotional health standpoint, um, 
symptoms of a prolapse can include leaking urine. And that can also be a sign that you feel um, pissed off. Um, Bladder issues can be, you're literally pissed off at something. So you need to work on processing that anger. And it can also be, you feel like you're out of control. And that's a common thing with moms after having babies is that you literally, you learn so like, it's really just thrown in your face that you are not in control of your life. Like now you have this whole other, like little human that you're taking care of and it can really put an emotional toll on your system of like, okay, I'm not in control of my, my life as much anymore. And, um, if you aren't, you know, supported in how to move through that emotion, again, it can, it can cause a lot of anxiety and cause some, some issue in your hips. So that's a whole other yoga (laughs) Eastern (laughs) medicine approach to it as well. But I think I covered the most, and like some people can get prolapses too, from not even having babies, they could be poor poopers. They go to the bathroom and they strain when they're pooping all the time that can cause a lot of issues. Um, or if you're not having, as you know, um, if you aren't, don't have healthy bowel movements. If they're really hard poops, like that's going to also cause a lot of strain and issues. And then just gravity too. And our society from a group fitness standpoint, they don't talk about the pelvic floor muscles on how to properly take care of them. And I think it comes down to two. It's like women are in the, they're in the background when it comes to how fitness programs are designed a lot of the times. And, you know, a lot of these programs are designed for men and they don't talk about, and, and men, pelvic floor health is important to them as well, but you see a lot more issues with women and it should be something that every woman should learn how to properly take care of their pelvic floor at a much younger age. It shouldn't be to the point where you have an issue and you're trying to like pick up the pieces on your own. So yeah, that all those are such good points. And you know, it's really interesting. You mentioned that your pelvic floor was too tight because that's something I learned recently from a friend who does pelvic floor therapy. She was like, you wouldn't believe it. Everyone thinks they need to do Kegels. Everyone thinks mm-hmm. they need to like tighten up that pelvic floor. And she was like, so much of my work is actually teaching people the right balance of mm-hmm. having a strong pelvic floor that you can also relax. Yes. And you just brought up so many good points. And also I've learned recently about laboring and like being on your back and all these different things. So it's interesting how they all play in together mm-hmm. to the health of the pelvic floor, especially during pregnancy and post-pregnancy. Exactly. Yeah. It's, there's so many, it's all linked together, right? It all is works together. And so if you have one area that's a little bit weaker than the other, but yeah, tight pelvic floor, that's what I always, I, you know, you hear so many times after you have a baby, do your Kegels, do your Kegels, do your Kegels. And I'm like, no, go see a pelvic floor physical therapist and figure out if you need to be doing Kegels because I was the same way. The first several weeks of seeing a physical therapist was learning how to relax my pelvic floor. And it's so it's really common. And people that are athletes or just really like working out or runners, like they are always conditioned to keep those muscles super tight. And it's like, okay, nope, (laughs) you would, you just (laughs) overworked them. They're tired. They want a break. And when they take that break, all the organs are going to start to float down. (laughs) So yeah, I think it's really interesting because I think we forget that those are muscles. Like, it's just like you do bicep curls or like I was doing squats yesterday. It's like everything in your body is working together as a muscle. Like even my like in my head, I'm like, Oh no, that's different, but it's not, it's, it's a muscle. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so, and it's, so you have to 
be in touch with your body because you can't see it. You can't, like you said, like you, when you're doing a squat or you're doing a bicep curl, like you can see the muscle contracting and relaxing. And a lot of people are like, they don't think about the muscles down there and it's, yeah, we should start thinking about them more often because they're so important. (laughs) Okay. Well, you shared a little bit about this, but what I'm so grateful for is you're actually sharing your personal experience, which I think it's awesome to have an expert talk to us all about the things, but I think personal experience is something that's so powerful. So mm-hmm. tell us your story. Like, how did you know this was going on? Like, what were the signs and symptoms and what do you wish you would have known? Oh, <laughs> how much time do we have? Okay. So when I was pregnant, like I said, at that time I was teaching 10 to 12, about average of 12 classes a week. And like six or seven of those were high impact aerobics. Like I was one of those wild women that was like, I have a lot of energy and I love to like jump around. Um, that just feels has always felt really good to me. And so my OB, when I was pregnant, I was like, okay, how do I approach exercise while I'm pregnant? And she's like, Oh, everything you did before you got pregnant, you can keep going as long as you don't feel pain. And that's a, that's a really fine line because a lot of issues that actually happen with pelvic floor don't necessarily cause pain, like ab separation, um, dissectus recti. I'm probably going to butcher the way I said that, but that they call that like a silent issue. Like you don't really necessarily feel that's happening. So, um, and then, (laughs) so around, uh, right at the end of the second trimester, third trimester, I was teaching an aerobic dance class, Zumba, and I went to jump and I leaked urine and I was like, Oh, like what's going on. So at my next OB appointment, I was like, I leaked urine. Like, do I need to stop working out? And like, do I need to stop hopping around? Like, what, what do I need to do? Like, and she literally told me just pee before you exercise, wear a panty liner and you're good. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Women leak all the time. Oh, okay. (laughs) So I just kept doing what I was doing until like week 35, 36 is about when I actually started to get pain and my lower belly. So that's when I did stop. So Um, after when I was, after I had my baby, I intended an unmedicated birth, but I didn't set up a proper support system. So I didn't really have anyone around me to help guide me through what an unmedicated birth would look like. So I ended up having a medicated birth with an epidural laboring on my back. I did those things that I was talking about could have been like possible causes of, of the prolapse. And in addition, my mom had a bladder prolapse and my aunt. So I don't have the strongest joints on my side. Um, so anyways, when I was healing from, from birth, uh, I started to feel this like heaviness in my pelvic floor and it wasn't, again, it wasn't painful. Um, it was uncomfortable because it was foreign. I was like, what is this feeling that I have? And I didn't look at my vagina until like right before my six week appointment. And I held a mirror down there and I separated the lips and I was like, Oh, holy fuck. That looks different. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> and so I literally like walked into my OB's office and I'm like, there's something wrong down there. And she was just like, Oh Lord, like you just had a baby. Your vagina is going to look different. I'm like, no, this, this, there's something, there's something going on down there. <laughs> like, was it, was and- it your bladder? Yeah. Yeah. So I could like, when I like looked up into my vagina, I was like, I could literally like, it just 
you know, it's all wider and a little bit bigger. And I could like see something like pressing in. And I was like, oh my gosh. So and, like, talk about like, you're already getting used to like, okay, I just had a baby. This is my new vagina, all these things. Yeah. And then like your bladder's there and you're like, wait, what? Mm, yeah. I yeah. was not prepared for this one. <laughs> yeah, I was not. I was like, what is going on? And yeah, literally at the point when she's like, yep, yeah, that's your bladder. And I'm like, that's my, what? Like what is she? She's like, oh, don't worry. It's not that bad. I'm like, not that bad. Like to me, like it was bad, but she's like, oh no, it's not a grade three. I was diagnosed with a grade two prolapse. Cause I couldn't see it when I was like standing in the mirror. I couldn't see anything protruding out of my vagina, but it was when I like spread my legs and like held the mirror there and opened her up that I was like, could see it. So she's like, oh yeah, you have a grade two bladder prolapse. And then she started educating me on all that. And then I was like, so how did this happen? And she was basically was just like, oh, well it's, you know, genetics and it just happens. And I was like, okay. That is the worst <laughs> term in medicine to me is it just happens. Yeah. Like, no, it doesn't just, just, doesn't happen. just happen. Like this yeah. happened because of a chain of events. Yeah. 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 So she, um, the one thing I feel like I'm really like bashing my OB. I, I really did love her. Um, I, I did really respect her in lots of other different areas. And the one thing that I did really, really appreciate about her was that she did, she was like, Oh, you know what? I've heard amazing things about pelvic floor physical therapy. I'm going to write you a script and they are going to help you and you'll be okay. And I was like, okay. And I like started really crying <laughs> and she's like, you're going to be okay, Lauren. I'm like, okay. So she wrote me a script and I, so I do love her for that, that she was progressive enough to sign me a script because I have had girlfriends who their OBs literally told them like, oh, well, you're just going to live with this until you're done having babies. And then when you're done having babies, we'll, we'll do a surgery and we'll just like sling that bladder back up or, you know, See, that just makes me so sad. And yes, like I'm the same. Mm-hmm. I love doctors. Like, and yes, I, feel like yes. I love OBs. We can, yeah. <laughs> we can get a little bit like intense. And I think what's important to remember is it's not necessarily their fault. Like they weren't taught this stuff. So I love that you like circle back and you were like, I don't want to like, because it it is actually really, it's crazy that it's progressive, but it was progressive of her to recommend pelvic floor therapy. Exactly. And as I've been like, after all this has happened and as I'm doing more and more research, one of my like favorite resources is evidence-based birth. And they've literally have proven that like once research is done, it takes 20 years to get it into hospitals, into the doctor's hands, into them, into getting everyone on the same page and implementing the research 20 years. So like my pelvic floor physical therapist knew like, no, you do not hold your breath. When you push a baby out, you should not be laboring on your back. And I know doulas and midwives typically have that attitude as well, but, and they have the research now. It's just the OBs haven't they haven't gotten it yet. So like you said, I'm, I'm not mad at her or, you know, the nurses that were around me when I was delivering my baby, cause they didn't know. So I literally just get angry at the system. <laughs> like the whole, I love that. And it's such like an important thing to point out. Cause I'm the same, like it's not bashing the actual OB. It's like the system and the fact that they don't even have access to this stuff. Like yes. it's crazy to me, like America, and this is like a side tangent. And I know we both love to go on tangents. Yeah. But- you know, like in the US, we have one of the worst maternal and child health outcomes of birth yes. for a developed yes. country. Like it's ridiculous. Like mm-hmm. we should have so much more for our moms in the United States and we don't. So mm-hmm. side tangent, just to play. I know. That. Yep. 
yeah. And like you, like in other countries too, like they, they get pelvic floor, um, health therapy, no matter what, like after you have a baby, you go see a pelvic floor physical therapist. Like you just, that's just common practice. And for here, for you to have to search for an OB that will give you a script to go see so that your health insurance will cover it. It's like, uh, so, um, so yeah, she sent me to physical therapy and I loved my physical therapist. She was incredible and she educated me on so much. And it, it's been amazing to implement all these things with my second son. I approached exercise totally different. I had this absolutely incredible unmedicated birth with a midwife. I couldn't have my doula because it was the pandemic. Um, and they only allowed my, my husband in the room with me. Um, that's a whole other, you know, <laughs> birthing in a pandemic is a whole other different situation, but, um, yeah, so I just, and I approached the postpartum totally different. And so she was, she was incredible at giving me the tools of educating me on like what, what to do and how to prevent further damage to happen. And so I attended physical therapy for about, I think it was about 10 weeks and I went twice a week. And at the one appointment every week, she would literally stick her fingers up my vagina and I would practice Kegels. She would massage out muscles. She was massaging out scar tissue. Um, you know, just like how you get a body massage on your back and your glutes, like those muscles sometimes need to be massaged out. And you could do that with a physical therapist. You could do it yourself. You could have your partner do it. Like there's lots of ways to go about it. Um, but yeah, so she would massage everything out and yeah, make sure that the scar tissue was, was moving. Okay. And make sure that there wasn't any nerve damage down there. And I would practice doing Kegels. But like I said, my initial first couple of weeks was just learning how to relax the muscles, which is all about deep breathing. And you think from a yoga instructor that I would be able to relax those muscles. Um, and it, I was able to get the, that mind body coordination quicker, but it's still, it still took a while. <laughs> like I had the deep breathing down, but I couldn't, you know, really connect with those muscles. It took a while to communicate with them. So yeah, I was just learning how to relax those muscles. And like I said, my, my joints were the major issue is that they just got damaged because of the way I was exercising and the way I birthed. And I just don't have genetics on my side for strong joints and ligaments. So the ligaments were overshot and overstretched. So I had to get my muscles that much stronger to compensate for it. But in order for them to, to be strong, I had to learn how to lengthen them and relax them first, <laughs> um, so that they could contract when they needed to contract and, and get a full contraction. So yeah, I did that. And then I had exercises that I had to do every day as well. So I had to do exercises every day, once or twice a day, went to physical therapy twice a week. And it was a big time commitment, but it, it was so well worth it. And then once I graduated physical therapy, I continued to do my exercises every Tuesday and Thursday. I put my son down for a nap and I spent 40 minutes just fully dedicated to my pelvic floor. And right around nine months postpartum is when I was able to start, um, hopping, again, like confidently without feeling my bladder, my bladder pressing into my vagina without having that heaviness. 
there. So, and I just had to slowly work my way back and I didn't start jumping right into group fitness classes. And when I did start teaching, I only taught once a week and just had to slowly, slowly move towards that. And then once I was about a little over a year postpartum, when I went back to my OB for, um, just a general well woman check. She was, she was like, yep, you're a little, little prolapsed, but, um, just around a grade one, which is you can be symptom-free with a grade one prolapse. And actually a lot of women walk around with a grade one prolapse and don't even know it. So I was able to get my grade two with that. And I had symptoms up to a grade one with just doing my physical therapy. (laughs) That is so amazing. Was it scary having to be like, Hey, I'm going to go back into group fitness now. Like, were you a little bit nervous? I was, yeah. Um, it was, it was so emotional when I got that diagnosis. I just felt, I felt broken. Um, I felt cheated. I felt uneducated, um, unsupported, angry at the system. (laughs) Um, and it really, when I went back to teaching, it was, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this smart. I really had to, to take my time. And I never went back to, I don't think I'm ever going to go back to teaching seven high impact aerobics classes a week. Like, I know it's just like, okay. I like, I definitely approach exercise now from a much more functional standpoint and, um, how I'm going to be able to protect my body as, and for, and be able to be active forever. <laughs> like, you know, protect these joints as, um, and have more babies and things like that. So yeah, I just totally changed my viewpoint on exercise. So it's like no more of this hard, intense, like I still teach, you know, aerobic dance for, to get my heart rate up and to bring myself so much joy, but it's like, I don't bang on my body anymore. (laughs) I don't That's such an important lesson to learn. I think it's so hard for us because you touched on this earlier, but a lot of the research around exercise is done for men. It's not actually done for women. So we don't actually need high impact all the time and it's mm-hmm. not good for our bodies. And, you know, sometimes going on a walk can be the best exercise for you that day. So I'm proud of you for like, I had to be so hard because like you love it so much, you know? It was. Yeah. 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 It was like a whole identity shift. Cause I thought that like, I was on this path to like this group fitness path for like, you know, for a profession. And I just had all these like hopes and dreams and like spirit was just like, Nope, you're on this earth, like for this whole other purpose. And we're going to totally switch gears on you. And are you, are you going to accept this challenge and accept this redirection? (laughs) So, yeah. So amazing. And, you know, okay. So you've learned so much. And like you said, you're not a puppet floor expert, but you've experienced it. So you personally know exactly what's up. And it's amazing how you were able to reverse it through pelvic floor therapy. You could just like three things you would tell anyone, like just three or big points of like, these are the three things you should know about uh, bladder prolapse. Oh gosh, you can heal. You can heal. You don't have to live with peeing your pants and you don't have to live with that fear. <laughs> um, you know, the, the people that make, you know, poise pads and stuff, they make their advertising make it seem so common and normal to, to buy their product. And 
it doesn't have to be this way. And you, and so there is pelvic floor physical therapy works and, and some people are great candidates for surgery as well, but they still say, if you do get surgery to help with a bladder prolapse that, um, you should still go to physical therapy. So I just cannot tell you, I can't rave about it enough, like figure out a way to go see a physical therapist. So I don't know. Was that number one? <laughs> that can be like all of them. I feel like, but yeah, that can be number one. Like there's so much to tell about this because no one wants to talk about peeing their pants. Like, just like no one likes to talk about poop or anything else. Like it's something that I think a lot of people experience and no one talks about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Give remember all your tips. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then also, um, don't put all your eggs in one basket when it comes to your health care. Like not one person's going to have all the answers for you. So you really need to take your health in your own hands as, um, Chris Carr, I don't know if you know who she is, but she, one of her biggest things is be the CEO of your own health, like put together a team, have a registered dietitian that you go to have a physical therapist that you go to have a mental health therapist that can support you have friends and family. Like you need to put together a team of people that are going to help you and that, and not one, one person's going to know all the answers for you. And that's okay. They shouldn't know all the answers. So wherever you're, whatever season of life you are. And if you do have a bladder prolapse, like, yes, talk to an OB, get their opinion, but also know that there's all these other experts out there that can help you through your healing journey. And your healing journey isn't going to be linear either. I just always remind people that, that there's always going to be setbacks. Um, I remember the first time I had a cold after I thought I healed my bladder prolapse or like the stomach flu or something. And I could feel my bladder pressing in my vagina. Again, I emailed my physical therapist, like what's going on. I thought I fixed this. Like <laughs> I can feel it again. And she's like, she always was having to remind me like Lauren, the path to healing is not linear. You're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have setbacks, but you know, the tools now, you know how to fix it. Go take your deep breaths, make sure your pelvic floor is relaxed. You know, your exercises, maybe you need to start doing them twice a week again, you know, like you just, your body's constantly changing. What worked for you two months ago, isn't might not work for you today. So, and that can be really, I feel like our egos can really get the best of us in those, those moments too. So. I think that's really important point is like, and we like, do want to just be like complete a task. Okay. We're healed. This is done. (laughs) I don't have to deal with it anymore. And then it's a constant reminder. Like, it's just like with hormone health, like it's a daily thing. Like it's mm-hmm. balance takes daily effort every mm-hmm. day. Yeah, it does. And to go along with, um, you're the, just like your audience too. I've heard that pelvic floor physical therapy can really help, um, with painful periods too. I haven't had that experience, but I know that I've in my research, I've come across a lot of like people that were like, I really had really, really painful, painful periods. And I found out that I had a muscle imbalance in my pelvic floor and physical therapy helped them with that and pain with sex too. Like, like so many women suffer from painful sex and it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't like your needs matter. Your sexual health matters and there's ways to fix it now. Like it's there. So exactly. And that's something I'm really glad you brought that up because I was just talking to someone. It does help with painful periods and it helps with painful sex. It also helps with having better orgasms. So there's research out there too that like in general, just having a healthy pelvic floor is literally it's good for every aspect of your life. Yes, that's yes, that's such a good point too. 
Yes. All right. So this has been amazing. Where can we find you? Tell us about your podcast. Yes. Yeah. So you can find us at the underscore boob <laughs> underscore broads on Instagram and Facebook, or you can go to the boobbroads.com. You can find us there. And then also anywhere you listen to your podcasts, you can find us there as well. And all three of us um, have all gone through issues with our pelvic floor, um, including pain with sex and dissectus recti. So we like, if you want to come listen to any of our conversations about that, we would love to have you over there. Well, thank you so much for coming on. We so appreciate it. And I will talk to you soon. Thanks, Kate. Thank you. (laughs) Bye.